Hello and welcome to the Almost Enlightened Podcast, a show about whatever I want. I'm your host, Alex Morin, and I have got a fun episode planned for you today. It's a philosophical one that might challenge you to flip your perspective. So give it a listen and be sure to let me know what you think. You can always email me at alex at almostenlightened.life. I would be delighted to hear from you and I will absolutely respond as well. But do be sure to put that email address into your spam filter because the dot life often makes it go to people's junk mail. Now, before we begin, I'm honored to announce that my podcast, the Almost Enlightened Podcast, was named to Feedspot's Top 20 Observation Podcasts. I actually came in at number eight. Go figure. I'll be sure to observe even harder next year, and we'll see if I can make it to the number seven spot. And just for fun, I'd like to make a music recommendation today. I recently discovered French singer-songwriter Barbara Pravi, P-R-A-V-I, whose music I've been listening to on replay for several months now. Now, I don't claim to know anything about the artist, but I will tell you that her music has touched me in a way that doesn't happen very often. I began with the album On Enferme Pas Les Oiseaux, which roughly translates to We Don't Cage Birds or We Don't Lock Up Birds. I loved the album. And then I recently downloaded her latest, called Les Prières Racines, which translates to Prayers and Roots. It's a marvelous collaboration with other artists, and I am loving that album as well. So, Barbara, if you're listening, keep on creating. I am loving your art and your expression. So, what do you say we get going and begin today's episode that's entitled, Let Go, subtitled, Who Are You Talking To? What's the difference between faith and belief? I find that a lot of people use these words interchangeably, but I don't think they mean the same thing at all. In the Cambridge Dictionary, one of the definitions of belief is the feeling of being certain that something exists or is true. So at the core of the definition of belief is the word certain or certainty. I think that's the hallmark of the word, an immovable belief that something is. But the more I think about it, the more I realize that belief is an infinite concept that cannot be understood by the mind. When you believe something, what you really mean is that you have tremendous faith that something exists or is true. And to have faith, again, according to Cambridge Dictionary, is to have great trust or confidence in something or someone. In other words, when it comes to faith, the central tenet of the concept is tremendous hope as opposed to the certainty of belief. I make this distinction because the evolving nature of awareness makes it so that beliefs necessarily move, they necessarily expand, and they shift. For example, I may believe that I'll never be able to afford a mansion in Beverly Hills, but one lottery win later and that belief can change overnight. What I'm saying is that nothing is a certainty. And how can I be so sure of that? Well, I can't, because nothing's a certainty. But just because you wake up every morning doesn't mean that you'll wake up tomorrow. And just because the sun rises every morning 
doesn't mean that it'll necessarily do so tomorrow. Anything can happen. This is why to believe in something is like building a house on quicksand. Now, at this point in the conversation, you might be getting quite upset with me. Alex, this is nonsense. I believe in love. Or, I believe in God. And I'm not advocating that you discard your beliefs, but I'm suggesting that perhaps we leave those beliefs open to an expansion beyond our current state of awareness. So, okay, let's investigate what I mean by that. I want you to imagine the best and tastiest chocolate you have ever tried. It is simply the best. There's nothing you've ever tasted that even comes close. But you and I both know that there are literally millions of chocolatiers on the planet, of which you've likely only tried far less than 1% of their offerings. So there is a high probability that somewhere on the planet is even better tasting chocolate than the best chocolate you have ever tried. Now, you have no idea what it tastes like at this moment, but you'd know it if you tried it. So even knowing this is a belief. You know something until you know something else. This realization shouldn't shatter our belief in belief. On the contrary, it should give us tremendous hope that the things we do believe in, like love and like God, have infinite amounts of space in which to expand. And now, my friends, we are talking. And speaking of talking, when you do that with someone, talking that is, you always have the choice to believe what they're saying or disbelieve what they're saying. Many of us have at least someone in our lives that we trust completely, or at least mostly completely. A therapist would be an interesting example. When and if you speak with a therapist, you do so after you've found the right one. You develop trust, and then you develop a faith that what they're telling you is true. The faith that you have in their observations and their advice is purely the product of your trust and your belief. And that being the case, what you're really doing is opening your mind to a greater interpretation of yourself that's based on an expanding belief. But whose belief? Hmm. Well, here's where it gets fun. Because you choose to have faith in a therapist or someone you trust implicitly, your faith in that person can only come from you. You're the only person who can accept or reject the info that's coming at you. Which means that everything being told to you by a therapist or a trusted person is going through your processing system. In accepting or rejecting ideas, you're essentially having a conversation with yourself. In other words, whenever you're talking to someone else, be it a therapist, a confidant, or anyone for that matter, you're really only talking to yourself because you're filtering everything that's coming to you with belief or disbelief. And that is something to ponder. We might even ask ourselves, am I just talking to myself? And it certainly isn't lost on me that as I record this episode right this minute, I'm alone in my basement, essentially talking to myself. And conversely, as you listen to this episode right now, ask yourself, who's filtering the info? 
Who's processing it? Who's believing or disbelieving? Is it possible that you're talking to yourself right now? Since belief can't ever be fully obtained because nothing in life is certain, does that mean that there's nothing to believe in? (laughs) I'll leave that question with you. But in my opinion, beliefs are real. Only they aren't stationary. They grow, they shrink, and sometimes they transform. And if you subscribe to that theory, then it would make sense that it isn't possible to hold on to something that's constantly moving. It would be exhausting, wouldn't it? You can't even hold on to a pencil for more than a day because it would slip out of your hands when you went to sleep. So what makes us think that we can hold on to something, something like love? Well, that's exactly the problem. We shouldn't be holding on. As I've already mentioned, beliefs are in constant movement. And if we don't allow our beliefs to move, then we're only going to hurt ourselves by not allowing the growing truth to present itself. Consider how many people struggle with a family dynamic. The love you have for your child, your partner, or your parents is unconditional. Yet nothing about your kids, your partner, or your parents ever stays the same. They're all supposed to be evolving. So when we try and hold on to the love that we felt when our family was frozen in a moment in time, we aren't allowing the flexibility of love to move in accordance with the movements of our loved ones. We're constricting the very nature of our love. And what I'm getting at in a roundabout way is the central point in this episode. And that is that in order to believe, one has to let go. It's the only answer. Since we've established that belief can never really exist, that at most we can only really have tremendous faith, then I'd like to explore how we may coexist with belief, or rather, how we may potentially be the embodiment or spirit of belief itself. Now, most people walk without giving it any thought. Most people breathe without giving it any thought either. And we all readily admit that there are different kinds of walking and different ways of breathing. For example, after a quick run, your breathing is likely to be radically different from your resting heart rate breathing. But when it comes to loving, we often want love to feel a certain way. We think that it's unnatural to feel love painfully, when indeed sometimes that's the way it's experienced. We hold on to an image of love when love is nothing of the sort. It's neither an image or a fixed concept. It's as real as anything you've ever known. And I'd say it is you, as I described in the I Am Love episode. And since we're constantly evolving, since we're constantly changing and constantly learning, then the very thing we believe in, which turns out to be ourselves, can't be contained. It must be allowed to move, to grow and to transform. And the only way it'll move is when it's unrestricted. And we do this by letting go. Do we really know who we are? At the root of everything that you can say has ever happened to you and everything you've ever experienced are feelings. I might say that Alex, myself, has gone through a lot of things. Once upon a time, an ice skate blade ran over his finger and cut it pretty badly. But I would say that it happened to my finger, as though I 
am something else other than my finger, which is kind of odd because in reality, my finger is part of me. I could tell you that once upon a time, I was angry, and another time, I was sad. Those emotions were processed by me, they were felt by me, and yet they were radically different emotions. And those emotions aren't any different from a bone in my body being broken one month and completely healed the following month. So you are both healed and unhealed. You are both sad and angry. So are we the sum total of our experiences, which necessarily include the feelings that accompany them? Are you a person or are you the experience? Or are you both? What's for certain is that the experiences are always changing. The feelings are always changing. And our physical bodies are always changing. In short, everything's always changing. So is it possible that I am the experience and the observer at the same time? Or even more profoundly, are those two things one and the same? For example, in episode 26, the I am love episode, I make the case that I am indeed love. If I am constantly changing and I am love, then I must embrace the transformational nature of my own being. In the words of Sir Paul McCartney, I should just let it be. Let it rip. Let it change. Let it be. And you can't do that when you're holding on and trying to make something stay the same. Because nothing ever stays the same. Everything is shifting. So just allow it to be. The same way that you allow yourself to breathe. It's your breath. It's your finger. It's your thought. And we've just established your finger isn't separate from you, nor are your thoughts or your breath. They are all you. So let them be. Just let go. Well, then what? Supposing I do let it go, what happens next? Does nothing happen? Do I just flop onto my couch in a listless state? No, not at all. You see, everything happens. You'll get up to hug your child just as you always have, and you'll see it all unfold. There will be a knowingness, as there's always been, that you may do exactly as you please. You will realize that everything is a possibility, and that's where faith and belief come in. In the physical world and in physical bodies, we employ faith because nothing is a certainty. But when you experience life as both the observer and the participant, as the totality of the experience, complete with all of its energy of emotion, then you realize the boundless possibilities and you create as limitless. Not as a limitless being, not in a limitless state, but in the infinite sense of the spirit of the word limitless. You simply become belief. The magnificence of having a physical body is that you can move your belief, which is yourself, into physical form, which means that you can do it with anything, objects, emotions, situations, experiences, memories, thoughts, and so on. Many people call that manifestation. All right. 
This seems like an appropriate place to end today's discussion because this weekend I'm giving a talk on manifestation in one of our upcoming cacao ceremonies. So I think I'll leave you with the concept of letting go and the prospect of exploring what happens when we accept that beliefs can and do move. The more you operate from a position of love and compassion, the more your beliefs will grow in the spirit of love and compassion. It's a revolutionary way to look at something that so many of us believe is static and begin to move in tandem with our beliefs, perhaps with an inkling that we are our beliefs, ever expanding and ever moving. Hey, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an incredible rest of the day and always know that I appreciate you.